Hello and welcome to NMD Podcast number 15. How you doing, buddy? It's good to hear from you, Scott. Good. You too, John? Oh, man, I'm... Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm trying to survive. It's it's a wacky world out there, but I'm doing all right. Um, I mean, I gotta like tell you, what? like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest? I am, dude. I am like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, and I'm losing. I'm losing. I'm trying to kick ass, but I keep falling. So I, I gotta tell you though, I when the idea for this show topic came up, dude, I was pretty excited because I have a lot of artists that fall in the category we're talking about tonight that I'm really, really fond of and that I think a lot of. So why don't you tell folks what the topic is tonight? This one is our favorite ladies of the music oh, world. Female artists. Now, and there was a time, right? There, and, you know, I was thinking about this. There was a time that you're, you know, the female artist was... And, and forgive me, and this is not my viewpoint, but there was a time I thought that the female artist was always kind of looked on um, in a different light than the male artists. Um, you know, you would get, I, there were great female artists. You had either the the great female singers, right? Um, Aretha Franklin, um, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, you can go on and on. But, yeah. but I I felt like there was always another side of the equation with female artists where they just weren't as respected as they deserve to be. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of times female artists in, you know, the in the pop realm, certainly, and even in the 60s, uh, 50s, 60s, that sort of thing, they were kind of given they were given material and then they were, you know, they were asked to interpret it and where go go. I mean, they, you know. Even though they're great, you know, Nancy Sinatra comes to mind for some reason, you know, and and not that she's not a great artist, but of course you saw her. If you saw Nancy Sinatra on, you know, a variety show, she was in go-go boots and a short skirt singing right. these boots or maybe yeah. walking or whatever. But in the modern era, I believe that female artists have really um, gained both respect and, and power in the industry. What do you think of that? Yeah, I I agree. Um, so like, who who would be? I'll tell you mine. Who was your like first love of of when you were, you know, starting to discover music? Uh, my first favorite female artist. Um, oh boy. Yeah. <sighs> I gotta think. I, you know, so you imagine I, me as a mine is what was yours? <laughs> Gladys Knight. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. Gladys wow. Knight. That that's pretty good. You know, I was gonna, I was trying to think. I was thinking of uh, when I was a kid. You know, I can remember how much I liked I I was really fond of Loretta Lynn. Uh Loretta okay. Lynn yeah. was just my thing and and I came up I I was you know, I came up at a time when Loretta Lynn coal miner's daughter was out, you know, with Sissy Spacek. Um Yep. And and I I really fell in love my earliest memories of liking female artists were like I, I loved Loretta Lynn I loved Patsy Cline um, I loved Bobby Gentry um, Ode to Billy Joe right um, yeah. Fancy etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and then it was like uh, Jeannie C. Riley who sang Harper Valley PTA those Tom were Tom P. Hall wrote yeah. yeah those were my early loves you know um, and then a lot of it was colored by I also 
you when I was a kid, and and certainly you and I are close enough in age. But you know, Barbara Mandrell had a variety show, and Crystal Gale <laughs> had a variety show, and and Captain and Tennille. Oh, Tony Tennille would be high on my list. Um, okay, as one of my favorite artists, but yeah. that's the, the TV doing that for me too. Right. So meat and potatoes now. Um, let's get into it, and I don't know how we're gonna break this up. These female artists. But um, uh, I don't know. It was just for me, it was Gladys was, you know, my my parents listened to tons of different music. And um, I just loved the the Imagination record, which is my favorite. It came out in 1973. So oh, 73. Um, just a, I mean, one of my all time favorite songs um, is from Gladys is on there, which is um, uh, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And Midnight Train to Georgia, which she won a Grammy. Right. Midnight mean, Train to Georgia. Seven Grammys. <laughs> Midnight Train to Georgia. She's won seven Grammys. Really? Really? Yeah. Because 22 I... nominations, seven Grammys. Seven Grammys. You don't hear... Hollywood Walk of Fame, BET Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. Um, yeah, three Grammys with the Pips, four as a solo artist, uh, Georgia Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But you don't hear then... her name checked as much as you no. would hear... Aretha Franklin name checked or Tina Turner or, um, you know, Darlene Love or you just don't hear Gladys Knight name checked as often by other artists as you do would say, like, you know, Aretha Franklin, for example. Yeah, you know? she had six um, number one R&B albums from 1973 to 1991. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Over twenty singles in the top in the top one hundred. That's so, amazing. And and w- w- she played the friggin' White House in ninety seven when Clinton had her there well, for the their night of I mean, music. If she only if she had only released um you know Midnight Train to Georgia, that would be I mean that's in my my mind, that's career worthy. I mean you could be done there. You know, but yeah. yet she had more output than that. But I don't know why she's not name checked as often as an Aretha or a Tina Turner. Well, Aretha is the queen. you know she's the queen. Yeah, and I love and Aretha. Gladys Frank. is Gladys is right there. I mean, are you if, an Aretha Franklin Aretha's fan? Aretha's the queen of. I am absolutely, but Gladys was just something about her just got me when I was younger and. I wore out imagination wow. cassette CD. <laughs> wow, because I yeah. um, you know, I, I love Aretha Franklin, but I, I mean, and you have to be honest, and we've said this before, you know, it, the the tendency, the want is to be the hippest person on earth and go, well, I was really into it, you know, blah blah blah. Well, I really <laughs> got into Aretha Franklin through the Blues Brothers movie. That's where I was really exposed to her, and and as a kid, of course. And and then that's where I began to really, really appreciate her because my appreciation for female artists was always um, I liked the storytelling quality of like you know Loretta Lynn's "One's on the Way," um, or Coal yeah. Miner's "Daughter," or you know the, Dolly's storytelling. I should really yeah, you're right. Dolly Parton is, and some of those artists like a, a Dolly Parton or um, Aretha Franklin, or they're just woven into, it, 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 they're so well-known and respected, they're sort of woven into the whole thing. You know what I mean? They're omnipresent. Yeah, right. They're omnipresent to me. So now kind of moving through music history, and like I said, in the 70s, I loved 
Jeannie C. Riley and Crystal Gale. Don't it make my brown eyes blue? Yeah. You know. See, I was I was more. I my parents listened to that on. It was a radio station in Grand Rapids called WCUZ. Mm-hmm. I remember. And I remember hearing all those uh, country artists, but my dad listened to all kinds of different stuff. So I'd hear like you know Gladys and his GTO or Candy Staten or you know all kinds of different stuff. But did you find? And then I, I'm sorry. Did you find a, a like a, a connection? Your do you think your Gladys connection is? is because your parents exposed you to it or your dad was listening to it all the time? Is that kind of how you got to it, you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But I I got it from all different, you know, parts of the my family because I'd go to other, you know, my grandparents. My grandpa liked big band and and some jazz and stuff like that, so I'd hear, like, the Andrews sisters or Billie Holiday and stuff at his house. And Yeah, see, and that's the other thing is there's definitely – you know, there's the the cross genres of music that you would get because when you know my early, like I said, those early, you know, country and pop artists. I mean, you can't really overestimate for someone my age, like how big Barbara Mandrell was and the Mandrell sisters. They're huge, right? Yeah, you know, or or Crystal Gale or whatever. But as I, Emmy Lou, yeah. Oh well, we'll get to Emmy Lou. <laughs> as I progressed through, you know, certainly, you know, Janis Joplin came on the radar pretty early. Um, and then with like Janis Joplin, there was something I could tell she was different. When I heard like Jeannie C. Riley sing Harper Valley PTA, it had it was a little racy, but you know, I could tell she was a good a, a good girl, right? She was a single mom or whatever, but you know. Um, being harshly judged by the community. When I heard Janis Joplin sing, I could tell there was something really raw in there. Even as a kid, you know, when I'd hear like Peace of My Heart or Bobby McGee or Summertime, um, Janis Joplin struck me in a different place. And I and this is no disrespect at all. Janis Joplin was almost um was almost asexual to me in a way. Like she was just a singer, you know. So I I never equated her her gender. I, I don't know why that okay. is because she was so tough, you know. Um, yeah. So there was always that happening for me too, because uh, I love Janis Joplin as you know, as we kind of progress through female artists here. Uh, the other thing was um, in the seventies. That's when you would hear, um, you know, I liked Carole King, you know, I yep. I, I loved. Um, songwriter, you know her songwriting and and that sort of music. My mother hated Emmy Lou Harris. <laughs> now, when I say that's hated, something you don't hear often, despised her, despised wow. her. And I, you know, my mom has has since passed, so I can't. I, I never really got to the bottom of it. But until my mother's dying day, you know, I love Emmy Lou Harris because of the Graham Parsons connection, because you know of all of that. My mom never told me why. She just really hated Emmy Lou Harris. So, oh. um, yeah, I know, which is weird, right? Um, and then getting into female rock and roll. Now, female rock and roll artists, what were you into early on in the rock and roll genre? Uh, in the, well, in the later 80s, like 87, I, like a lot of other people, got into Cindy Lauper. Oh. I love Cindy Lauper's and, voice. I love everything about her. 
Yeah, She's So Unusual and True Colors, both those records were, I mean, uh, She's So Unusual, tracks one through six were singles. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, amazing. How many, how many bands get four out of a record, let alone six? Well, the other thing is... Of your first record. <laughs> the other thing is, how, do, how many artists with Cyndi Lauper's voice? Now, mind you, that is not a traditionally... She's a great singer, and I love her vocals. I love them. But she is not a traditionally, quote-unquote... You know, gr she's not a traditional-sounding singer. I mean, think of the vocal tone to, like, um, girls just have want to have fun. Right. Yeah. It's nasally and sort of, but it's great and it fits perfectly. Of course, True Colors, you know, is is a beautiful song too. She was, you know, a superstar. She was a superstar. I mean, she was one of yeah. a big MTV artist, of course. Um, before the pro wrestling. Oh well, that <laughs> genius. I mean, marketing yeah. genius, and she fit into it oh, so well. I mean, she did it so well. Um, I, you know, before that, I, I can remember getting into, again, I, it dawns on me how informed I was by television because I also loved um, Susie Quattro. And I learned oh. about Susie Quattro through Happy Days. Right. You know, she was on Happy <laughs> Days for Pete's sake, man. Leather Tuscadero. She was Leather Tuscadero, which is awesome, right? Holy um, crap. So there was that. I did like, you know, of course I liked uh, Jefferson Airplane. That was on the radio, and it was, you know, big music, obviously. It was it was um, pretty commonplace. But then I got hit pretty hard late 70s, early 80s was when, you know, MTV was really was the radio for folks like me. You know, that's where music was the most. You were consuming the most music via MTV. So right. you that's that's a whole litany of, you know, uh, Pat Benatar had great stuff. I can't forget how I can never discount Heart, you know, late right, 70s yeah. Heart, man. I mean, come on. That's as rocking as it gets. Those those I mean, that's your female Led Zeppelin in my mind. What was the record in 87? Was it Bad Animals or something like that? That they had a, was a huge record. Yeah, they had Bad Animals. They had. They may have had a self-titled in there. Now, in the in the video era is when still great songs. You know, I still remember Alone and um, Alone. Yep. There was another single where where and as if you listen to the lyrics, it's like she picks up this hitchhiker, has sex with him, has his <laughs> baby, and it was a single. It was um. Oh, huh. I wish I could remember it right now, and someone will huh. hopefully comment. But um. <laughs> it, you know, uh, call oh, in. It, yes, it, I wish because it is. It, it's a heart single. I can obviously Google it when we're done here or whatever. But <laughs> it was her. Um, All I want to do is make love to you. Was the name of the song. All I want to oh. do is make love to you. You know, kind of racy, but heart. In the '80s, in the video era, I mean, in its common knowledge, that's where they fell victim to the record industry. Hey, we're gonna put the thinner sister out front you know which is nancy right. and we'll kind of bury Anne back here you know and like they said in some one of their videos um uh nancy wilson is riding a horse in a boost da you know through the fog 
and Wilson has a welder's mask on and is welding something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so what else do you got? I mean, so Cindy Lauper, what other of that era do you have? The eighties was not, I, yeah, was not for me. A f- a female artist. M- most, mo- yeah, most, I mean, there, there's a few Madonna songs I liked, of course, uh-huh. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but uh, the nineties really, I, there was a lot more I discovered like um, Tori Amos were you a Lilith and, Fair kind of guy? Uh, <laughs> I mean, really. I do love Natalie Merchant's first uh, uh, record, Tiger Lily, is phenomenal. Edie Brickell so, was in there. I love Edie Brickell. Yeah. Um, um, but my favorite from the 90s was definitely uh, PJ Harvey. Oh, Polly Jean Harvey. Wow. Not an yeah. artist I listened to a lot of. Was always okay. on the radio, but I did, you know, on the radar rather, but I didn't listen to a lot of her. My, I guess a lot of my peak was I loved, I thought the 80s, you know, for me, with the Pat Benatars and the the Hearts and the Cindy Loppers and the, you know, the pop end of it, too. I mean, we saw Whitney Houston and, and yeah. an international superstar like Tina Turner had a whole new career, you know? Yeah. Um, from Private Dancer, which I thought had some great songs on it. What's Love Got to Do with This? Private Dancer. Um, you know, she had a whole new career in the eighties, which is mind blowing. Mind right, blowing. Yeah. To to do it one you know, to be a rock and roll pioneer with um, you know, the Ike and Tur- Tina Turner review, and then to have a whole nother career and be yeah. even bigger is is mind blowing. But you know, the seventies I, I did like Blondie, you know, um, I, I, there, there was, it was just such a weird time. The, the eighties hair metal scene, you know, for me, it was, you know, I mean, let's be honest. It was the, a very sexist, very, um, dismissive of females. You know what I mean? Yeah. A couple yeah. female artists tried, you know, um, I, I had, I had some notes that I wrote down here of like, some of the most important um, women ever in music. And we've mentioned Aretha. You just mentioned Whitney Houston and Tina Turner. I had them both written down. Billie Holiday. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Stevie Nicks. Oh. For... Um, say what you want about her, but Taylor Swift. Oh, God. Uh, um, Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, she's beyond 22 Grammys. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Well, the other thing, and I'm sorry we didn't that we uh, we didn't mention it. And and as you were talking through your list, you were you know going through Fleetwood Mac, dude. I mean, you yeah, had Christine McVie, and and you know I I told myself that I really didn't want to do this episode and get too heavy on you know you know making one of my things. Oh, she was so beautiful, right? I mean, I didn't want right. to do that, but Stevie Nicks. I mean, oh, come on. I mean, she was just, <laughs> I, I, I think as a, for a female artist, and I don't know, um, but I can only imagine the line that you kind of are writing with your art and your sexuality has to be very hard. And I'm sure female artists would tell you that there's this, you know, there's always the pressure to, come on, let's sex this up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. 
let's sex this thing up. And and for artists like even like a Melissa Etheridge or who who I liked or the Indigo Girls or anyone that could somehow use their intelligence and their power and avoid, you know, avoid being, um, you know, in a T-shirt with no bra on, I guess, you know. Yeah. But there were still, you know, Janis Joplin, there were still topless photos of her. They still made Grace, uh, you know, they made um, Grace Slick very sexual, you know. There was always that. Um, yeah. But I think when you get into some of that 90s stuff like you're talking about, that's when female artists started going, well, we're not going to do that anymore. You know, we're still going to be powerful and, and attractive and whatever it might yeah. be. But they weren't well, selling that so much anymore. I think it, I think that started with, um, in my opinion, the most important female group ever, the Supremes. Oh, yeah, well. Um, God. Florence Ballard, Diana Ross, Mary Wilson, the, the main lineup from yeah. like 60, 62 to 67. The Supremes. I, I mean, mean, 12 singles at the in the top 100 at one time. My mother loved, loved the Supremes, loved the Supremes, loved Diana Ross. Um, me too. I, I, I mean, I can't say enough about what that music was in my house. It was sacred music. I mean, it was really, Ugh. really. And, you know, Diana Ross carried herself in such a way that I'm convinced if Diana Ross walked into the boardroom, everyone at the table deferred to Diana Ross. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, staggeringly great vocals, great songs, um, groundbreaking, uh, Motown artists, just, I, I can't imagine their world, you know. It, it had to be difficult, man. There was difficult times for, I think it must always be an, a somewhat uphill battle for the female artist. I really do. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't think the female artists always help themselves. You know, it's like, you know, after the run, you know, the runaways, we know how the runaways were kind of marketed by, um, you know, yeah. by Kim Foley. Um, and then Lita Ford or Joan Jett, you know, I mean, Joan Jett, same thing, you know, I mean, they, they I remember an early video, she's in her panties, you know, um, yeah. It might have been Do You Want to Touch Me, as a matter of fact. And then Lita Ford. And I remember reading, like, Lita Ford talking about her guitar playing and her art and her songs and her rock and roll. And then uh, she's in a short, short leather skirt and a bra, you know, on a, in a promotional poster. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I don't understand always the thinking of the female artist other than, I'll be honest with you, dude, if... If someone said, hey, John, you know, you could further this thing, you know, you could further this by doing A, B, or C, you'd be surprised at the stuff I would do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know, I, I might put the leather skirt on. I might lick a hammer or two. I might ride a wrecking ball in my underwear. You don't know what I'll do, Scott. These are desperate times. <laughs> but I think that a lot of times female artists do themselves a disservice, right? You know, there's times, yeah. Um, and, and and they end up playing the game, 
but I thought the 90s, getting back to that, is when female artists, and it was the Lilith Fair thing, right? It was that kind of movement, that intellectual, uh, write your own songs, perform them, um, kind of respect your body and your sexuality and own it. I mean, Tori Amos was a very sexually charged artist, right? Yeah. But, and if you ever, there's a great episode of a cartoon called Bob's Burgers where they have this female piano player who's like a Tori Amos and it's just overtly <laughs> sexual and funny. And But, you know, there was, there was that. The 90s, I thought, is where um, female artists really started to, uh, to take a little of it back. Um, and, and then some of them were able to use that to their advantage they were sexual without being and and my liz fair is who comes to mind the, yeah. uh, you know i love liz fair um very sexually charged but yet somehow owns that in her own way cheryl crow came out i mean after being a backup singer for don henley and michael jackson and right know, yeah comes out and i thought like tuesday night music club cheryl you know, she, you could tell she was, she played, she sang, she wrote, she could play any instrument. I mean, she plays bass on stage, she plays guitar, she plays piano. Um, you know, so the '90s were when those I thought some of those female artists really came into their own. Who was your? I mean, you said P.J. Harvey was like your, that's your go-to in the '90s. Yeah, her. Uh, her well, her first like big record was "Rid of Me" in '93 or four. Um, stories from the city stories from the sea is one of my favorites. Um, she hasn't put out a record since 2016, as far as, and she might've done something with, um, uh, she's married to Nick cave. I, I think she's, they're still married. I don't oh, know. Wow. I don't keep I up with that, that stuff, but yes, yeah, I think she's married to Nick cave. I think they did something together, but it's not anything I've heard, Huh. but yeah. Um, I also like, um, I don't know if she was she around in the night. Carrie Ann Hurst is another favorite of mine. Hmm. She's she's one half of Shovels, Shovels and, Rope. and Rope. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she's... sang she's sang back up with tons of people with American Aquarium. Um, she has her own records, and then her and her husband, um, I think Michael is his name. He was also in Butch Walker's band for a record or maybe a tour. Um, I can't think of his last name. And there's Shovels and Rope is another. Yeah, they're great. She Love also does. Rope. She's on a duet with Hayes Carl too, called Another Like yeah, You. Uh, she sings Another that, Like You, which kind is of, killer. Kind of like John Prine and Iris Dement's like a newer version of that song, I guess. Yeah, it. it uh, in spite of ourselves. In spite of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, there's another artist um, named Brennan Lee. She's from Texas. She um, has a two records. Uh, that she does duets, one with Jesse Dayton, and they kind of have songs that are similar to that. They're they're funny and talking about making up and breaking up. And then she's got another one she did with um, Noel McKay that was from like 2013. But yeah, check out Brennan Lee. Um, she's really cool. You know, we were uh, I just got a t Go I just got a t-shirt in the mail that I bought from her. It says Bro Country ain't no country. <laughs> <laughs> truer words I had have to never, buy it. Truer words have never been spoken. 
Well, you know, I had the, to support her the, making a shirt like that. The <laughs> other thing that we forget about that I was when you were just we we're just kind of talking about duets is how, you know, uh, Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, you know, um, Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks, you know, some yeah. of those key. Uh, you know, when you'd hear um, Carol King and James Taylor together, or you know, I forget about Carly Simon. You know, um, all those... Billy Joe and um, Nora Jones' record is great together. I love a good duet, and I love when the the artists. You know, my funny thing, and I do this with TV shows too, um, is you know, you hear a great duet, or you see someone with great chemistry, and you instantly want them to be romantically involved right i mean i always imagine that in my mind i don't know why um maybe i guess i'm a romantic in some way or something but (laughs) when when you can do that with a duet or when i feel you're connected that that way even if you're not you know nine times out of ten you know they're not but uh i i always enjoy the connection of um of a good duet like that and um getting back to our 90s artists you know, our conversation about what I, I call the Lilith Fair movement. I know it was, you know, there's tons of artists who weren't in there. What hit for me in the kind of the 90s was I, being the alt-country guy, the Uncle Tupelo Jayhawks, uh, Jason the Scorchers, blah, 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 blah kind of guy, was um there was an artist named Victoria Williams that was around that circle. Um, okay. And she's a, a songwriter and a singer. There's actually a... Um, tribute album to her that it's called sweet relief and it's the song oh yeah yeah it's the songs of victoria williams it has the counting crows and matthew sweet and the jayhawks and pearl jam and you know on and on and on and um and she really her a, a woman named um julie miller her husband is buddy miller um there was a great the singer songwriters um the alt country and the singer songwriter americana stuff started to yield some really good female artists. There's a, a band called Freakwater. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them, yes, yeah. but uh, couldn't tell you any. Yep, they're they're great, you know, um, uh, two, two, fronted by two females who may be sisters. I'm trying to think if they are or not. Um, and then, of course, the Breeders. Remember the Breeders? I oh, mean, yeah. They were killer. Um, uh, what was the other band that I liked? Uh, was that Kim and Kelly Deal? Yes, right, the breeders. Yeah, yeah. They did a record with um, Sebastian Bach as well, called "The Last Hard Men." What? I'm yeah. aware. I, I am totally unaware of that. Wow, really? I, I have it. I'll yeah, I'll play it for you next time we are you we're blown, together. You you. Uh, how is it? It's good. Okay. Okay. Good because I think. I think one of the Deal sisters. Wasn't one of the Deal sisters in like? Um, oh gosh, come on, John. In a a pretty famous alternative band, um, uh, dude. Yeah. Yes, right. I I I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it right now. Oh God. Um. Oh, this stinks. And I should know this. I'm embarrassed. It was like, um, oh Oh, gosh, that sucks. But she was right. She was in a three piece with. Oh, yes. this stinks. I can't think of what band she was in now. <laughs> That's terrible. This is what happens Ugh. when you get old. Um, yeah. But there was that. The other thing was there were key. I liked in the 90s, too. I started to see uh, some key female musicians, you know, 
who would play and sing and and I'm I'm gonna take some heat for this. I know I'm gonna take some heat for this, but Courtney Love, man, say what you will. Courtney Love was, you know, was a um, I mean, a figure in music. I liked some of the songs. You know, I love um the big album. Her big album was um. Oh shoot, I can't think of what it's called now, but it had all the hits like Live um, Through This. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the one that Kurt pretty much wrote. I, I it's a great album. It's a great album. I yeah, also like the it's next It's a great album that Kurt wrote. <laughs> I also like that See, and now on that <laughs> level, on the Cobain level, you have to remember that in mm. my world, in my world, um and no offense, and I I'm I'm sure um I can take heat for this and I'll be I'll accept it. But I, Kurt Cobain oh. meant very little to me. The, the Nirvana meant very little to me. When I, when someone had said upon his death that Kurt Cobain was the voice of a generation, I was sort of <laughs> taken aback by that, dude, because it it was great. And I, and I know Nirvana was an important band, but they weren't, to me, they weren't much different than, you know, Mud Honey or you know the Melvins or I I just didn't Soundgarden. See, I just didn't see why it was so groundbreaking I guess you know I I didn't get that and he wasn't I I going back now I mean I can dig some Nirvana okay I really can um and I get I get why it was good but I I wasn't it you know people compared him to John Lennon that was pretty oh, common on. then yes but it that was common <laughs> you know the voice yeah. of a generation yeah, I know. And um, I know. And death does that, right? Every time a artist dies, they get elevated to some level they probably weren't at anyhow. But um, yeah, you know. Uh, so Courtney Love, and yes, it was a lot of. That's the other thing that we ran into too. It's these, um, it's the it's the Courtney Loves. It's the um, you know, the Hollywood girls who get out of limousines without underwear on. It's you know. Yeah, the the Courtney Love thing, though, for me, the reason that I don't, I I wouldn't put her in a top one thousand is because all the rumors of she didn't write most of her stuff, um, and where is she now? If she was so important, where is she? Now? Right, and I don't, you know, how come she's not relevant now? Then, well, I think that she, um, you know, I think she probably. Need it, you know, and I have no problems with someone who is an interpreter of songs because, you know, Emmy Lou Harris is an interpreter of songs, and I'm not comparing Courtney Love and Emmy Lou Harris. Please, please <laughs> let me go on the right before uh, the backlash starts. Uh, let me. Uh, well, I'm already going to get it for Courtney Love. But well, you know, care. a lot of people, hate, you know, it. Courtney Love. I don't. Love I don't. Was, let me let me say this. I don't hate Courtney Love. I just. I, I get wouldn't, it. I wouldn't mention her in the in the group of people we're talking about. Well, today. and and but you almost you in a way you almost have to because there was again there was something powerful about her. You know what I mean? And the power yeah. came from and 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 some would say, you know, it's owning your sexuality. I don't necessarily think that jumping into an audience and having your nah, dress pulled up and your, your breasts out is owning your sexuality, right? I don't believe nah. that for a minute. Cheers. But I'm just saying to go outright and and hit those Lollapalooza tours and 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 be dangerous, she could do that. 
is she Joan Jett? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> is she is she as important as uh, as any of the artists we've mentioned? I would think not. But I would think in the lexicon of human experience, more people may know who Courtney Love is than Darlene Love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so so there was that. I liked the '90s. I mean. I liked a a good a good '90s grunge artist, female grunge artist, or you know, someone who could get. I liked. I always like when my artists, male or female, can write and play. You know, so I always like to see someone playing instruments. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember if she started in the late '90s or the early 2000s, but um, Sarah Borges is great as well. Oh. Sarah Borges is, you know, obviously saw her live, loved her. Um, there's lately for me, the female artists lately, some of them have fallen into this thing. Um, I, I don't know how to how to even what to call it. It's this baby thing where they all kind of sing like babyish. Do you know? <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. It's this it, it will voice like this, and I'm singing my song and. Bleh. And it just, and it's, you know, everything is this, you know, I mean, I, Alanis Morissette, let's go to Alanis Morissette, the Jagged Little Girl album, the, you talk, I I mean, coming out, saying some things um, that you just didn't hear, you know, you didn't hear your female artist saying, um, and having a great album full of hooks, full of singles, she could sing, um, she had a great band, um, but she yielded a lot of a lot of um, uh, female artists who were trying to do that, right? So then it happens. Now I have these female artists who sing this baby voice, and I I, I hope somebody agrees with me on this because I might be crazy. <laughs> but there's just this this will thing they do, and and then the songs are always because Alanis Morissette did it. Now you have to call out your you know your romantic relationships and and um and the great artists you know my probably my top three i guess in my top three female artists if i had to rank them lucinda williams is the queen is the queen dude and forgive me i try to be you know um, my mom's in heaven listening and my friends listen to this show but lucinda williams a bad motherfucker i mean that's just how it is it's how it is she writes, she sings, she plays. She is an artist. She is an artist. She's um, she's what I want. Lucinda Williams is what I want from my female artists. It really is. I want. Yeah, I'm 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 paraphrasing here, but Emmy Lou Harris said Lucinda Williams is the best country singer to be left out in the cold. Right. Well, you know why? <laughs> because you know. Oh. Lucinda Williams, I, I I think her her problem is, and it's not a problem. It's her an attribute, but it's kept her from that huge level. I mean, she wrote um, "Passionate Kisses" for Mary Chapin Carpenter. Right. I mean, she's got great songs. Petty's covered her. I mean, everyone covers her. Elvis Costello. She's Lucinda Williams. She is a. I mean, I'll go. I'll say it. She is a female Steve Earle, Bob Dylan level songwriter. Yes. She is an artist. Um. Yes. These these new new female artists 
I, I just wish they had more Lucinda Williams. I wish they would watch Emmy Lou and Lucinda and, you know, like Sarah Borges. And, and um, yeah, you know, um, right now. Um, and I know you're going to we're going to talk a little bit at the end of the show about some newer stuff, the new releases. Um, I bought um, Amy LeVere's Painting Blue album. And I'm not kidding. I, I'm not. I'm an overly emotional guy. Everybody knows that. But there are songs on that album I cannot make it through without crying because she's that good. Oh, wow. And at no point do I get the feeling that she's trying to push leg on me. You know what I mean? Right. I hate that. I don't want you to. I don't want you to be. You know, it's like I want my female artists or my male artists that matter. I, I want you to be vulnerable. I don't want you to be spineless. I don't want you to be right. crybaby. You know. Obviously, someone upset Alanis Morissette, right? The guy from Full House or whoever, whoever it was, you know. <laughs> whatever Dave the rumor Cooley, is. Whatever the rumor is. Someone pissed her off, and she laid it out there. But yeah. she, at no point even did I get the sense that she was playing the victim, right? Um, no. And, no, and, she talked about it. I, t- I heard her talk about it on a podcast the other day. Yeah, she just she laid it out there, and, and she— Lucinda Williams does that with her music. I mean, she lays it out, and and she's just she knows how to turn a phrase. Oh my God! And capture images, and 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 talk. And when Lucinda Williams sings about the South, I, I swear to God, Michigan, January. You put on Lucinda Williams, it starts to get sticky and hot, and it's Southern and it's Mississippi, and I can feel it. Um. You know, there's songs by her like The Night's Too Long, um, Change the Locks, uh, Joy, You Took My Joy and I Want It Back. I mean, <laughs> it's just... Car wheels on a gravel oh, road. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Drunken Angel. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. I could go on and on about Lucinda Williams. I could go on and on. And if I don't say this a lot, um, but truly, if you're going to question the validity as not a female artist, let's uh, let's take gender out of it. As an artist, you and you're going to come to me and you're going to try to question Lucinda Williams. I'm going to tell you that you don't know anything about writing songs. Yeah, you know that three is, Grammys. And, and you know what? It could be a million Grammys. It could be no Grammys. But you put when the needle hits the wax, Lucinda Williams delivers songs. She's as yes, she is. Um, genderless in her art. She's just an artist, and that's the collabs, though. Yeah, uh, Steve Earle, you're still standing there. Elvis um, Costello, the Ray Wiley Hubbard. Uh, I, I, Elvis Costello with uh, what? Uh, Jailhouse, Jailhouse Tears. Tears. She's just, you know, uh, she's beyond. Um, Lucinda John Williams Prine. is an American treasure, as important as any yeah. songwriter you can name. Oh. um Pretty Little Poison with Robbie Fultz. Oh, yeah, that's on Let's Kill Saturday Night. That's a great. Tune. Yes, that's a great. And tune. um, uh, not and don't forget, oft mentioned on the NMD podcast, Michael Monroe with Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, you heard that? What's from the sensory? I think it's from it's Sensory t- Overdrive record. I don't know. Is it pretty good? Yeah, it's Lucinda oh, yeah, Williams cool. and Michael Monroe. It- Michael Monroe, dude. Oh, shit. God, that's yeah. awesome. Well, and again, the best, and it's hard for us to keep saying female artists, right? Like female artists, female artists, because they're artists, right? It, it, it shouldn't, you never go, I really like that male artist, Bob Dylan. 
you know, it's just oh, how this an- thing is, you know. Yeah, another uh, one that I forgot to mention, um, and she also collaborated with Lucinda Williams, is Casey Chambers. Oh, yep. I know that name. She's from Australia. She's phenomenal. Well, I... um. There's I, another one from Australia um, that's a newer artist um, called her name is Ruby Boots. I, I she know has one record. Yeah, she has one record that came out in 2016 and one that came out in 2018. And I believe we can't go an episode without mentioning them. Butch Walker produced one of them. Well, there you have it. Of course. <laughs> of course. And there's Lydia Loveless is in there. Um, Lydia Loveless, yeah, she does a great collab with um, Caleb Cottle called uh, Trade All the Lights. I, I just think the female artists that we've mentioned, and there are many we didn't, um, ultimately what you're, I assume, aiming for, right, is to just be, you just want to be an artist, right? You're a songwriter, you're a singer, you're whatever, that's what you are, Um we talk about female artists kind of as a subgenre, and I think it's just because that's how this business was set up. And it goes back to that old thinking, you know, the, the 50s thinking almost, where, you know, it was okay yeah. to sit and get coffee and, you know, go fetch coffee and make Xerox copies or whatever. Um, but now... The female artists are, there's so many of them now. There are so many female, we are overrun right now with female acoustic singers. Yeah, one one that's taking some heat right now that we should mention is Margot Price. Why's she taking heat? Because <laughs> uh, she said um, at the Grand Ole Opry that um, they should have the real Lady A there instead of Lady oh. Anthem, the, the, the band that's trying to... In my opinion, they're they're assholes for suing that that lady. Come on, right, right. Um, and, and so I, I'm with I'm on Team Margot Price there. And as far as the Opry goes, I mean, I'd rather take a piss on the steps than walk in that place. But well, you know, any place that you know, any place that claims to have any connection to country music that ever did anything to Hank Williams lost me right then. You know, well, that and some of the acts they've had there that if you if you want to call that country music, then you you're you're not well, the Grand Ole Opry anymore. Right. Come on. You, you've lost your way. And, and, Just and, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's some bullshit artists in that well, place. I, I and there's a lot there of people that everywhere. deserve to be there. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of people who and and again, you know, going back to the female artist thing, I, I have to say uh, for for all the great. Um, even mainstream female music and artists, and you mentioned Beyonce, and and you know there's pop artists and there's country artists and there, but there's also a whole segment of female artists who I feel like every time they open their mouth or take a photo or make a record, they set the whole thing back. They set everyone back, and it's because they're all you know. Again, I, I guess I, I can understand being visited by the demon that says, dude, if you do this, you can get a little farther down the road with this thing. And all you got to do, all you have to do is, can can you get just almost your nipple out? Okay, that's, an, that's another thousand <laughs> records, right? I understand yeah. that. It's a tough game. You know, it, it goes back to, you know, I'm... 
the equivalent would be, you know, Robert Johnson goes to the crossroads to sell his soul to the devil to make music. Well, now the crossroads are a boardroom, and the devil is some guy at a record label who goes, you know, yeah, that's great, but we got to get her in this skirt, in this bra. We got to, you know, do this, do that. Um, you know, it happens. Some people get out of it, some don't. You know, yeah. Gwen Stefani now is this respected artist. She's judging other people singing. I've seen videos where I, you could see her thong out her pants. Um, <laughs> you know, there's that. There's um, and, and then you'll have women art, female artists who go, well, that's me taking control of my sexuality. I, I guess it doesn't seem that okay. way to me. <laughs> you know, at no point did Lucinda, Lucinda Williams do, do. Have I ever seen her? you know, in a bra and jeans. You yeah, know? she doesn't give a shit what you think she looks like. <laughs> and and those are, you know, some some of the artists I really, you know, like Concrete Blonde and, you know, Gritty, you know, they're, they're making the art. I find that attractive. I mean, as a, you know, a, a, a male, I find that more attractive than you deliberately pushing leg on me all the time. Um, yeah, I, I want you to be I want my male and female artists to be vulnerable. I don't want you to be spineless. I don't want to hear, you know, Taylor Swift is a great example. Everybody gives her a hard time. Right. She's writing about her breakups all the time and her romantic interests or whatever. Uh, granted, but she can do it and construct a song and put chords together and put a hook in 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 it and and sell it. Miley Cyrus is a good example for me because I like. Some of her, I love her version of um, Jolene. I love Party in the USA. I even liked Wrecking Ball. She can sing. <laughs> she can just sing. You could just sing. But I don't think you can sell the volume of product she did unless you ride a Wrecking Ball and lick a hammer. <laughs> because that's how this thing works. Yeah. It's this gross um, Britney Spears, right? Britney Spears comes out. And Christina Aguilera comes out, and they're they're this, I, I don't even know what to call it, Scott, this teen sexualized thing that pervy dudes would be into. And yet you go, Christina Aguilera can really sing. You know, Oops, I Did It Again is, is you know, a, a, a catchy pop song. <laughs> or or um, Toxic is a great, you know, got a great synth line and all that. But the thing is, this industry goes, hey man, that's gonna that'll sell you. Those songs are good enough to sell you forty thousand copies. How many of this do you? How much do you want to sell? And how much are you willing to give? Right. And if you don't believe that, look at what's happening in the film industry and the stories you're hearing. And and it breaks my heart to say this, you know, Ryan Adams. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at the Ryan Adams scandal, where. The you know he takes in a female artist and goes hey you know um I can I can help you with this and then it becomes a sexual thing, so I don't pretend to know what it's like to be a female artist, but I can only imagine it's painfully difficult. Even and and the music business is difficult enough. Right. Yeah. You exactly. Know? You know. So who else? Uh, you got any other uh any other big female artists we that. Are well, really on your one list? I've been listening to a lot lately is um is Nita Strauss. Oh, oh. Her solo record. And she's working on a new one. Hopefully I don't know if she's gonna do it this year, but um 
2021, hopefully for sure. But I remember yeah, her from the Iron Maiden. She, she can freaking blaze. I, a great I don't player. listen to her stuff with Cooper because I'm, I lost Cooper. I don't know, after 87, okay. after Constrictor, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I, trash was trash to me. I, I didn't dig it. Was that? I wonder if it, that's the one. It wasn't for me. It's Every song's about women. Yeah. <laughs> well, that there you go. It's, Do you know why? It, it just, trash it just is wasn't when, for me. It, yeah. Yeah. Trash is when they brought in, like, the um, Desmond Child and all that. And, it, you know, it, it, I think there was an era in, in that genre of music where everyone wanted a love in the elevator a love in an elevator or whatever yeah, the, the hit from that was like poison yes. it's just it, it wasn't for me yeah it's it's not you know it's not department of youth or elected or you know under right. my wheels i'm trying or, to be i'm trying to channel my my inner john merchant and not say that sucks and say that's not for me right and, and, and you know <laughs> right. I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get learn. You're my like Zen master, Dude. John. I'm trying not to try not to be so negative. I'm but saying you that's know, not for me. You know, I have <laughs> my diseases. I want everyone to like me. So I say it's really not for me. And then when I'm by myself, I'm like, geez, it sucks. You know, you know? and it doesn't it, it doesn't suck. Uh, it's just not I don't get it, you know, and I don't. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm playing myself here as this guy who's highly offended highly offended <laughs> by the sexualization of women in music right but yeah i i can tell you i had i liked samantha fox but i didn't like her music <laughs> i had lita right. ford posters and i i i enjoyed lita <sighs> ford but i wasn't some fanatic about her um you know yeah. I, I, i'm as guilty as the next person but when i'm gonna really if i'm gonna give a female artist some weight they're gonna have to give me something back and and it isn't yeah. it isn't you know it isn't nip slips and thongs and <laughs> hammer licking and all that it's you it's gotta give me some songs and if you're not gonna give me songs that's okay then you better deliver someone else's songs in a way that they can't do it yes that's where exactly. emmy lou harris comes in you know she'll deliver a song she will give you a song but she will take it somewhere else because she's emmy lou harris you know? Yeah, she's like she's like George Strait in that regard, where he he doesn't write, but he can just take a song where, right? You know, and that's that's. But there's some other ones we 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 can't fail to mention. Um, uh, Ashley Flynn, who I discovered uh, opening for Todd Snyder, she's fantastic. I have like, I think I have three of her records. She's great. Um, Elizabeth Cook. Uh, who, uh, Elizabeth Cook, Amanda Shires, oh. and all of the the high women that, that are involved in that project is is really cool. Um, and Brandy Carlisle Listen, is Brandy Carlisle so. is there. You go. Brandy Carlisle is another female artist who is um, who is w above it. She's above it. She's simply yeah. above that stuff. She's so good and so emotionally charged i i mean i honest to god dude right now i'm getting choked up talking about her and it's just because oh, she, yeah she can make you cry too in songs she <sighs> can break a heart you know and i like that and and lucinda can break my heart and and mm. um and yet you know I, I i'll tell you when when the right song is delivered um you know sinead o'connor singing nothing compares to you the prince tune i mean Come on. I mean, that's yeah. that's 
that's somewhere else, you know. And, that was a cool um, cover, yeah. It was a cool cover, and and I just don't know what it's like to be a female artist. I will say that um, that it certainly must be a, a challenge that you know few men are are oh, obviously hardly any men, if any, are aware of what it's like to be a female musician artist, and you have to go in and. You have to need a Strauss it, dude. You have to go in and, and yeah. lay it down because you can be good, and there's still that asshole who's going to go, and eh, she's pretty good for a girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, you want to cut heads with her? Go yeah, ahead. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to go, you know, or do you you want to sit in a songwriter circle with Lucinda Williams? I mean, are you going to be able to deliver something like that? There's not a lot of people who can do that with Brandy Carlisle, with, um, you know, with a lot of female songwriters. They tap in. I think there's something in the maternal makeup of the female perspective that carries something that no man can ever deliver to a song. I, I believe that. You know, there's something about the maternal perspective and, and just that inherent toughness of being a woman and facing that's why Loretta listen to ones on the way by Loretta Lynn listen to ones on the way and she's just lamenting this this life of having another baby on the way and taking care of all these babies and you know and yet she's she puts it out there it's not fancy language it's not she's not turning the phrase she's putting it right out there you know the screen door slamming you know one of the babies needs a hugging and one needs a kissing you know and and one needs a spanking <laughs> it, it's that's killer stuff you know in harper yeah. valley pta you know it's like uh, of course written by a man but delivered by the right artist uh, these boots are yes. made for walking is another song um a son of a preacher, man. I don't know why I didn't mention Dusty oh, Springfield. Oh, Dusty Springfield. Dusty, if you don't, I will spend every, I'm going to say every few months, I will have an evening in my garage with Dusty in Memphis. I oh, will, a great record. I will always, it'll always be there. I'll always want to hear her. I'll, I, again, after I've went through my rants about how a grossly offended I am on how women are sexualized in music. I'll tell you, if you listen to Dusty Springfield sing Son of a Preacher Man, it's it's coming for you. If you're, you know, if you're like me and you're a red-blooded heterosexual male, Dusty's coming. I'm convinced if you're a homosexual male, Dusty's coming for you when she sings that song. Because it connects and it's her voice and it's it's the I can hear the smokiness and I can hear Yeah. I can hear Memphis in it and I can hear Muscle Shoals in it and you know, I, I, I could go on and on and I, I have all there's that. a there's another uh female group from the um from the same era from the seventies called the Honeycone. Huh. And they do uh they do an awesome version of Son of a Preacher Man as well. Uh, that's one of my They're top they're famous for you probably heard this song before, but they're they're famous for the song Juan Ads. Huh. I don't know that I have. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah, maybe. But, maybe if it um, was. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, since we're in um, almost mid-July already, I just wanted to mention a few uh, good records that have come out this year. Um, 
And I'm, I'm sure others are good. I just haven't got to them yet. Like Jason Isbell's, I haven't listened to it I yet. Haven't, but I, I bought it and haven't. I, I, oh boy, same. I'm going to take time. a little heat. I'm going to take a little heat. I, I have not warmed up to it in my first few listenings. I have not okay. necessarily really got on board with it. I have not listened to it yet. So I'll be um, interested but what to know I have what listened think. to. Uh, what I have listened to is the new American Aquarium called Lamentations. That is, once again, BJ Barham uh, just hits it out of the park. Uh, great songwriter. Just an amazing, just speaks to the time. It's a great record. Um, it's a good song about uh, getting sober on that record as well. Um, the new Brian Fallon, Local Honey, is phenomenal. Let's see what else do I have? New old ninety sevens is out. I've heard is some it? of the new okay. old ninety sevens is good. Um, Butch I... Walker, of course, his American Love Story is just phenomenal yeah. masterpiece. He's, again, he's always going to do that. You can always count on him. Um, a couple new artists to me: uh, Jesse Daniel. He has a new record called Rolling On. Um, track, I think it's track one. It's called Tar Snakes. It's a catchy song. Great great record um logan ledger i think this is his first full-length record it's a self-titled album that's really really good if it, it, he's harkens back to like uh it's like a cross between roy orbison and chris isaac type of oh yeah country yeah. um of course ben de la shadowland is is phenomenal and the the press on that record is oh. wow is I mean the video he did with on his iPhone is so cool. He, he's that's you know obviously Ben De La Cour is um I mean I've watched him stop a room several times. Um, he's working at a, a level that a lot of people will never ever get to. He is a genuine, honest yeah. to God. I just came across well, a text message I sent shamefully enough during one of his shows, and I sent it to our buddy Ken Lauderman, and all it said was. It just said, um, fucking Ben De La Cour. I mean, uh, what more can you say? He was, yeah. I was listening to him just lay it down for on a Sunday afternoon and, and thinking, oh my God, there's everyone in here is paying attention to him. No one's doing anything yeah. else. No. Yeah. He's great. Great. Yeah. And that song from now on, um, I mean, he wrote that before this all happened and it's so fitting yeah that's that's the mark of a true songwriter you know holy crap when they capture it before it happens somehow they're connected oh. into the the bigger song for sure i i and should mention um oh i'm sorry yeah. go ahead well chris knight's almost daylight that's that might have been late last year but that's still that a was new record. late 2019 that's yeah. a great record i i listened to a um, lot of that record the licorice quartet uh they're just have an EP out, but it's um, Eric Dover and Roger Manning and, oh, I forgot the other guy. Um, and the other guy. That's really mm -hmm. cool, poppy. It's like jellyfish, you yeah. know, typical from Eric and and Roger Manning. Um, but Lucinda Williams, I've listened to her new record, Good Souls, Better Angels, yep. at least five or six times. And it's probably in my top five of all, all of her records. Her I say that about her all of the time. Of her entire catalog. I say that about her all the time. it's probably because it's new. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, for me and her catalog, uh, my 
kind of Piedmont, the one I always go to, Sweet Old World. That's my favorite Lucinda Williams album. Sweet Old World is 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 on my list. Little Honey, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road, Car and Wheels. then her self yeah. her self titled, and then you know, Good Souls, Better Angels. What do you bump out? Essence? I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I've enjoyed this. And again, I hope I, I, I you know, I don't want to portray myself as someone who has never, um, you know, sexualized a female artist. I mean, I, 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 I don't because I'm guilty of it. I am totally guilty of it. Um, you know, I can remember the Sonny and Cher show. You know, she's singing Halfbreed on a horse, you know, in a bikini. That's an early <laughs> memory of, of women in music for me, I guess. So, but I am saying that, now, as the man I am today, if you're going to be deliver something to me as a female artist, I'm going to want it to have some some weight to it. And um, and I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You know, having I don't mind the sexuality at all. I really don't. I um I just really want it to be delivered in a way that is a, a little more empowering. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So what are you leaving with us? You got some words for us tonight? Everyone's known someone they just can't help but want. Even though we just can't make it work out, well, the want to lingers on. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.